Henry Nouwen wrote, dying is not something we like to think about or talk about. Would you agree with that statement? Do you think about your own mortality? Do you talk to others about it? Do you talk to God about it? One of the very few things that we can be sure of in this life is that we will die. And one feisty 95-year-old gentleman summed up this reality of life when he said to me with a grin, at my age, I don't buy green bananas. <laughs> and so tonight we gather together in person and online to observe Ash Wednesday. And let us enter into this season of Lent contemplating our humanity and our mortality. Later in the service, we'll have an opportunity to do that when we place ashes on our bodies and to symbolize our mortality and repentance before a holy God. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Lori Lawless, and I'm the pastoral care minister here at the church. And um, in my role, I oversee the care and support ministries of the church. I shepherd and support their leaders. And I also oversee the visitation ministry of the church. And I call on the sick, the injured, and those who are unable to attend church. And I also meet with individuals. And I often connect them to support within the church and outside of the church. And among the many passions that God has placed on my heart is ministering to senior adults. And it's my joy to be with them every Friday and to lead them in the Senior Link Bible study. And another passion that God has placed on my heart is to minister to those who are at end of life. So as a result, I spend a lot of time with people contemplating their mortality. For some, it can be um, as they're undergoing tests. For some, it can be as they're going through treatment. Some who are in the process of aging, and some who are at the end of life. So in this message, I'll reflect on this passage with David just read to us, and um, we'll consider God's words, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And I'll share a few stories with you that I pray that will encourage you on your own journey. This evening, I want to consider three important realities of our mortality. First is fellowship with God, and the second is falling out of fellowship with God. And the third is the restoration of our fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. But before we begin, let me pray for you and for me. Oh, Father God, sovereign Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you and to give you thanks and praise. Lord, we invite your spirit among us to teach you, to teach us not to fear our mortality, but to embrace it and to allow it to impact our lives so that we can live as people of hope, people who reflect your image and goodness to all we meet. Father, I pray in the power of your spirit that through life's uncertainties and trials, whether our life 
is short or long, that we may keep our eyes focused on you and all things eternal. Lord, teach us to number our days. And may you add your blessing to this time. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So our first point is fellowship with God. And to put our passage in context, um, we read from the beginning of Genesis, which is the beginning of the Bible, in chapter 1 all the way through chapter 3, where uh, David read for us this evening, that God created the universe and everything in it, including man, whom God created in his own image. And God created man from the dust, and with his own breath gave man life. And now this man called Adam and his wife Eve, they lived in personal fellowship with God in the garden, and God provided for all of their needs. And they were surrounded by God's beautiful creation. Like most of you, I enjoy spending time marveling at God's creation. And it just displays his power and wisdom. One woman I ministered to, who lived for many years with cancer, loved going to the beach and wading in the cold water. And she loved the sights and the sounds of the beach. The, so the sounds of the gulls overhead and the distant sound of children laughing. And she loved the roar of the ocean. And she also loved the smell of the ocean. I'm sure all of you that says get that distinct smell, it just brings it right back. And that was one of the things that she enjoyed the most. And it was in the simple moments that she enjoyed fellowship with God. And eventually, when she couldn't walk on the beach and feel the sand between her toes anymore, she'd take a car ride and sit and observe and then go for ice cream. And then eventually, when she couldn't do that anymore, and she couldn't get into the car anymore, these sweet memories of God and his handiwork and the fellowship, it just ushered in worship and brought her great comfort in her final days. A few weeks ago, when the snow was accumulating to what would be about six inches of snow, um, I found my, I was, um, I was in my seminary class, and we were all dismissed early. As you recall, the snow was coming down pretty fast, and it was accumulating, and I went out to the parking lot and cleaned off my car, and I started to grumble, and I, I wasn't grumbling because it was going to be a long and slippery ride home, and it was, by the way, but I was grumbling because I thought, oh, great. Great, Bill, this is a good time for you to leave me on a business trip. So, because I knew I had to get the snowblower out when I got home. And so I did. And yes, I got wet and I got cold. And I'm sure all of you did who went out there. And so I got out there and did my thing. But God changed my heart. He brought forth a beautiful memory of a gentleman that I had ministered to that had been moved to a hospice house just in the final week of his life. And since he had heard that it had snowed the night before, when I walked into the room, he said, Lori, um, would you open the, the blinds for me? I want to see the snow one last time. 
And as I did, just the bright sun just glistened off the snow-crusted shrub. And this man who just loved God's creatures, he said, oh, look, the bird. And the expression of joy on his face was priceless. And through his creation, God provided a glimpse of his greatness. And he provided joy, not only to this man, but to me in that very moment. So we know we can understand God's uh, created world, and we know this to be true. So we can understand God by his creation. So the second reality of our mortality to consider is the falling out of relationship with God. God provided the perfect place for Adam and Eve. However, due to their lack of trust in him, sin entered the world by way of their disobedience. And as a result, they were now separated from fellowship with God. A holy God cannot stand to be in the presence of sin. And the temptation offered by Satan in the form of serpent, the serpent was just too much for them to bear. And they ate the fruit from the tree in the center of the garden, the breaking the one commandment that God had asked them to maintain. And this is referred to as the fall. And because of the fall, all of mankind, including you and me, know the reality of death and that we will one day return to dust. In verse 17, God cursed the ground and told the man that he would labor and toil during the rest of his life. However, in his great mercy and love, God provided uh, coverings for the man and the woman. Because they had sinned, they now felt shame. Before God banished them from the garden, God said in verse 19, By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Tim Keller describes death as the great interruption. It's the great interruption which tears loved ones from us and us from them. And this reality is so hard, isn't it? It's very hard. And it's something that every human being will experience at one time in their life. But we as Christians know that that isn't the end of the story, right? But in the meantime, as people of faith, we experience this reality, and we get a sense that God cares and that God provides. We are called to trust and obey God as we just wrestle with the reality of death in this fallen world. For those of you who are grieving, or those of you who are anticipating the death of a loved one, God cares. He loves you, and he loves your loved one. He is merciful and loving, and he has promised to walk with you through the valley. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. 
As my colleague Andrea Bliss Lerman said at a recent staff meeting, she said, God's love is extravagant. And it's beyond our human comprehension how much God loves us. And yes, God's love is extravagant. One of the ways we as a community can walk through this together is to offer support groups for those who are grieving called Grief Share. And this group meets on Sundays right across the street after second service from 12.30 to 2. And although the Grief Share has already started and they are in session, you are welcome to join any time during the 13 weeks. And in this group, you can share about your journey, you can find support, and you don't have to go it alone. So if you'd like more information about this, uh, see Cindy and Mike, if you can put up your hands. Cindy and Mike Veach lead this group. You can reach out to them. You can talk to me after the service or email me. Or you can go on to the griefshare.org website and you can learn more about it. So though it's difficult to do, we embrace this reality of death. And that's why we gather here on Ash Wednesday and we put ashes on our body and we offer groups like Grief Share. Often as I hear individuals sharing the next steps in their medical journeys or in their aging process, I hear the most incredible testimonies. And I wish I had time to share them all with you. But one man shared with me that although his recent scans revealed an uncertain future, he said to me, I trust God. He knows what's best for me. I'm not going to worry about it. Whatever his will is, I'm okay with that. I just continue to be so blessed in his unwavering trust in God. And God has blessed him with such faith to persevere through this trial. And as a result, people including his family, his friends, and me, and now all of you, we get to be encouraged, and God is glorified in the process. So I pray testimonies like this just feed your soul, and they encourage you on your journey, and they help you to keep your eyes on Jesus and all things eternal. And that you would continue or even begin to share your stories of God's faithfulness with others. Everyone needs encouragement, don't we? So even though our relationship with God has been broken, there is good news. And that's the third reality of, of being mortal, is the restoration of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So as God proclaimed judgment on the serpent, God provides the earliest glimpse of the gospel right in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Here God is foreshadowing that the offspring of the woman will be victorious over the enemy. And scripture states that 
Though evil may strike his heel, that is referring to Satan's attempt to tempt and defeat Jesus during his earthly ministry. But Jesus will be the victor, a champion, as he crushes his head. And this is the good news of Jesus Christ. In the last few weeks of one man's life, he lamented that he had only accepted Jesus just prior to his diagnosis. And he was sad that he didn't take up the opportunity to know Jesus as a teenager. He told me he was busy with school, friends, and sports. And he was distracted. He was being a kid. And he regretted those decades of lost time. The time that he could have spent serving God, growing as a disciple, and worshiping him. And to comfort him and assure him, I invited him to open his Bible. And together we opened the Gospel of Luke and we read the account of the thief on the cross. And so while Jesus was hanging on the cross next to two convicted criminals, one said to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so for those of you who might be thinking similar thoughts or or who have yet to place your trust in Jesus to accept God's free gift of salvation made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection, it's never too late. It's not too late. Jesus tells us that himself. God desires a relationship with you. So this evening, come before him and ask for forgiveness. And invite Jesus into your heart. During this holy season of Lent, be encouraged. Though we are mortal and we will return to dust, God loves you. You are his beloved. You are his beloved. Like Adam and Eve before the fall, God has created you to be in fellowship with him and do good works as you serve him. And by your faith in Christ, your soul, which is immortal, is safe in his hands. And at the time of your death, you will, you will go immediately into God's presence. And when Jesus returns, the same uh, resurrection power that, that resurrected Jesus from the dead which lives in you as a believer right now, by way of the Holy Spirit, will raise your body up from the grave too. And then your body will be reunited with your soul to live with God for all eternity. As Revelation 21.4 states, there will be no more death, no more mourning or tears, and the old order of things will have passed away. This is the joy-filled message of Easter. The great exchange, mortality for immortality. And even though we live in a fallen world where death exists, we can be restored in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ.
So be assured, God in his great love has made a way for us out of the grave. And that church is our great hope. And it is the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen.